Welcome to the Blackout Podcast, where I get to talk to amazing people who do amazing things. And today I have producer, extraordinary, awesome human being, designer, artist, creative person, and my friend, Terence, but I love the name, Karaku. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks for coming to the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Okay, okay, okay. Let's start with the name. But before the name and where it came from, whenever your beats come on, there's like these ladies where they're like, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. The, how beat, did that the beat happen? tag, the beat tag. Yeah. Um, so you know, as every producer, we all have our own beat tags. But I wanted to be, I wanted something that sounded different. And where I used to live in Moncton, like Dieppe, there's a lot. I have a lot of friends who speak French. And I was like, for some reason, the French culture started to catch on to me, and I was liking the vibe. And I'm one of those creatives where I I, I try to do the most outside of the box all the time. Mm. So I have a really good friend who I met randomly in Ottawa a couple of years ago, and she is from Montreal. So I just hit her up for day and I was like, yo, would you do a beat tag for me? Just like, you know, call my producer name out. So mm. I told her what I wanted and basically, no, I don't speak French. So what my tag is basically saying is Kuraku on the beat. Oh. So it's like, I think it's Kuraku Sola Beats type of thing. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, what? Are, what are you, I'm always trying to figure out. But anyway, I love because whenever I hear, I, it's crazy because I've I've never heard something you produce I didn't like yet. Maybe mm. maybe there'll be something you produce I'm like, ah, no, this is shit. But so far, yeah, yeah, everything you've done has been on point. So, <laughs> what is the story behind the name then? Kuraku. Yeah. That's like again, I like to be outside the box. So. I was always a, a creative person. By trade, I'm a graphic designer, videographer, you know, that type of stuff. And, but music was always one of those things that drove me to do everything creative. And it was getting to a point where it was calling me. So I have this really good friend from back home. His name is Jacob Lawrence. Um, he's an artist, songwriter, producer, he's everything. And I called him one day, I was like, yo bro, I think it's time. Like, I, I'm really, this music is calling me. I would go into his studio and he would show me certain things, but the way how my brain works is like, I thought to be a producer, you needed to be a musician, uh. right? So what he was showing me was just literally going over my head. I didn't know where, I, I knew what I wanted to do in terms of hearing it, mm. feeling it, but I didn't, you know, sitting there and doing it. It was like, man, this is gonna be challenging. I'm a very determined person. So I took his knowledge, his lessons, whatever, went home one night, I literally had nothing. All I had was one computer, an iMac, regular keyboard, a mouse, no, keep no MIDI keyboard, nothing. I'm like, you know what? I got to do this. And I made my first beat that night. Literally that night. Wow. So on how I basically learned to do beats was just like listening to other producers, trying to break it down by listening to how they do it mm. or what I think they have done and just recreate and just did my started my own thing mm. and from then on i've just been making beats every single day i wanted to stay silent for my pro my my process of learning to become a producer i've been creating content now for the last four or five years wow. so it's only recently now that i have been you know putting out what i have worked on with other artists mm. and that type of thing that's insane that's insane I mean, like, having all this work for five years and still holding it back. Oh, wait, 
But you didn't say the name Koraku, so how did... Right, sorry. Uh, so the name came about where I was trying to find something really creative for myself. Mm. One day, I just typed in Google Terrence Clark, which is my name, and I wanted to see what it would be like in Japanese. So it gave me, I call it Japanese English. So it just spelled out Terensu Koraku. And I started running with that name for a mm. while. I'm like, man, this name is too long. Terensu Koraku is <laughs> it's too much to say off of the tongue. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Koraku is the vibe. Yeah. So I then started branding myself as Koraku Productions. Or Productions. Got it, got yeah. it. Okay, okay, okay. So um, you keep talking about back home. Where is back home? And how, like, did the music, because, like, you did um, graphic design and videography. Where did the music start for you? When did it start? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it was September 2017. That is when I literally, because I used to work for an advertising agency back home, which is Barbados Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And I had just had my son. So I also had a company too as well, a creative company. But I started working for an advertising agency because, you know, got to bring in that extra money type mm-hmm. of thing. And in my country, having a kid is very, very expensive. So that is when I started to get into production nothing heavy just learning and uh you know trying to get a grasp of it mentally so then you know i can then start to really take it on very serious Mm. so yeah 2017 of september wow that first beat did you do anything with it the first beat Mm. in my first production ever Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's actually going on my album that i am working on actually a lot of my a lot of my first beats are they're all they're, they're all being used right now yeah. Okay, so um, it's been five years now. Is there any difference between the beats you were making five years ago versus now? Yes. When I first started making beats, I used to overproduce. What? What, what, what is that? What is? Yeah, overproducing is like the beats are cool. It sounds good, but more on a just a listening basis as an instrumental for artists to write on them. Too much was happening. Uh... It's not busy, but just. Because, you know, vocals are alone is like an instrument. It's frequencies. So when you have too much going on in a beat, then an artist tries to sing on it, it becomes muddy. Oh. So I never really understood that until I was told that. Because I would send every beat I made to basically my teacher, right? And he would tell me, okay, just simplify it more. Create space. I'm like, create space, okay. And then, yeah, I just kept going from there. And then now up to date, I, I'm on a different level now when it comes to making beats, man. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> what was the process then? What was the process now when you're making beats? My process then to now is the same thing. I oh, need okay. inspiration. Mm. I, I'm not one of those producers where I can just sit and just be like, you know. I mean, I can, but there must be an essence, a feeling, an imagination that I need to, that needs to guide me, mm. you know, make me feel as though, okay, yeah, this is the vibe, or this is what I really want to do type of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some producers that can just up and, you know, make beats or whatever. Like I said, I can, but at the end of the day, it's like, where is it going? I need a direction, mm-hmm. right? So a feeling and an essence. Oh. Okay, so you get the feeling and the essence, then what? Uh, you get on the computer and... Um, all, of this is, all of this is when I'm on front of the computer. Okay. So... Like, for instance, if I want to work with an artist and I listen to them from afar, I study their music, the texture, the voice, artists that they like to listen to. And by doing that is then when I sit in front of the company and I start to like, I just channel all different types of energies and different 
creators and yeah it's, it's like a magician you know you wave your wand <laughs> yeah. you sprinkle your thing that's, yeah. that's just like me i like to I, i'm sprinkling my dust into what it is that i am doing allowing me to create that sound that i'm looking for is there any, I guess, beat or instrument or something that you always put in every beat? Or I mean, apart from the tag, obviously, but um, I am, I am known for my switch ups. What was that? Switch ups is like okay, either you know, some people call it you know bridge, third verse, whatever breakdown. That's I'm known for that. Mm. I like to switch. I mean, it would be in the same key, but I like to switch the beat the drums completely, like give it a different different groove. Um, a different vibe, you know, just change it up. And then software-wise, what like what's your setup for your production? Um, right now, it's just I have a MacBook, a laptop, and I have a MIDI keyboard, and then I also have a, like a, a much bigger keyboard, mm -hmm. so, and, and basically and a microphone, and basically that's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, what app do you use for your beats? Well, I used to use Logic. I started in Logic, but now I elevated to Ableton for beats only. But tracking and recording vocals, I use Pro Tools. Mm. Yeah. And, and then you also mix. Well, okay, fine. Talk. I've always wanted to ask, what is this? What is this mix and master thing? What What okay. exactly are you doing then? Because, so, you know, the beats is there. I come in, I sing. Yeah. Then what, what right. happens? Okay, mixing now. Okay, so when an artist comes and they track their vocals, I make sure that the vocals are they're tracked clean. There's no you know, noise. Delivery is good. No distortion, whatever. Mm. And then, so mixing the vocals with the instrumental is basically, there's a lot of different steps. You're making sure that the frequencies mesh well with each other. You know, it's all balanced. Mm -hmm. There's no crackling in the background. There's no hissing. There's no, uh, you know, every so often an artist, you can hear artists breathing. You mm -hmm. know, you, you try to eliminate all those little things. And... And then you start to get cool with the vocals, like adding a little distortion here, like, you know, like Travis Scott, you know, that type of stuff. That's more after, where you're saucing up the voice. Mm -hmm. And then mastering. Mastering is like, when you listen to a song on the radio, you see how loud and nice it sounds. That's basically mastering. You're basically raising frequencies within, you know, the beat and the vocal, but not making it loud. You're not really adjusting the volume. You're just adjusting frequencies, bringing everything up to the forefront. So that when you know the audience listens to it, they feel good. They feel it everywhere. The mm. body in a nice, you know, home sets, car sets, whatever. Another, so another thing I like is you know how uh, you're listening to a beat or song or whatever, and then you know you can hear part is playing here and then part is playing in the other ear. Is that also what happens during, you know? So like you can hear some things being said here, but some things being said on the right <clears throat> side. Is that yes. all happens in the mixing or in the mastering? Yes, that is that is part of mixing. That is what I, um, you call panning. Oh, okay, because you're panning to the left. Yes, right. um, I do that a lot, to be honest. When it comes to my drums, I like my drums to be up front though. Like, mm -hmm. you know, kick, bass line, everything is up front. But sometimes I would pan like hi-hats, depending on the movement of it. And then vocals too, like when you're stacking vocals, to create harmonies and stuff like that. You normally have one in the middle, you pan one left, you pan one right, giving that like spatial type mm. of sound. You know, so it sounds like more body. So another thing I, I'm curious about when you have, do you always make the beat with an artist in mind or you just, do you ever just make the beat after you get the inspiration from wherever? 
Recently, I have been, because I've been working with different artists, I, I'm making beats geared towards that specific artist. When I first started, I would just build a beat based on a song that inspired me or an envir environment. Environment and like everything is inspirational for me. Environment, changes of seasons, people I hang out with, you know, everything inspires me. Mm. So it's all about the mood at that point, in that point in time. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. That's great. And and um, now, when you're working with an artist, do you have a process? Like, do you want to make the beat before they come through, or you're making the beat together, or? Well, so far, I have been making the beat and just sending it to the artist. Because, like, right now, I'm working on a project with Young Stack. And it's not like I've known him recently. I've been connecting with him now since uh, last February and I've been studying his music man he's a star all of them are stars man let me just say shout out to Million Vibes the whole crew like everyone there is just mad talented mm. and it excites me to work with people like that because I mean everyone you know everyone wants to be an artist type of thing but you must have that spark and that essence that really will drive me to want to work with you mm. and Young Stack I'm like yo let's work on a project in the fall like starting fall through winter let's work on something he was down. So by me knowing his style, his texture and things that he liked, mm -hmm. my mind is just moving. It's just like creating things as I go. So it's just, I just sit in front of the computer, create this beat. But I also like to create things outside of the artist's realm, ah. outside of the box. Mm -hmm. I like to test artists because I know I can hear, I don't know what they will say, but I can hear them being on something other than their normal. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, so there's got to be a lot of trust between you and the artist then. A lot of what? Trust. Yeah, 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 yeah. How mean, do you build that trust though? I show what I'm capable of, you know? First thing I do is I present myself in a way that my energy is blessed. Mm. I want everyone to see that, you know, I'm a cool guy type of thing. I mean, not everyone likes everyone, you know, <laughs> whatever. But that's my main thing. I like to present myself as a human being first. And I play my stuff. And... Yeah, just go from there. Wow. <laughs> okay, so um, let's talk about the projects now. I mean, you've been—you said you've been making beat for years and years, but what made you feel ready to let artists sing on your on your beats? I would say when I have when I basically accomplished not overproducing, because <laughs> that was my real big thing. Like I would get so excited just because I thought like making beats was like. Because hear, you hear people's in um, production and it sounds like so much is going on. But really and truly, it's so simple. That if you really listen carefully, you just break it down. It's just the way how I mix my stuff. Mm. So like, I, instead of me sometimes having a snare that would just hit like, pow, I would put some effect on it to make it trill or echo. Or just, just give a, a different vibe. And it's like we're never truly um, original. We're not original. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Everything we do is has been used before mm. from past like it's just how we it's how you do things that's mm. all you're unique with how you treat and use things that's mm. all i can say all right and um and i find out where you're really when you're really into your craft that is when your true superpowers are shown because mm -hmm. you're hungry like when artists first start you know coming out and be um before being signed to a label or whatever they have this hunger for, I must 
be really good at what I do and I believe in my craft and I want people to hear it. Mm -hmm. That is where the true essence mm. is shown. And how did you connect with the Million Vibe crew? Um, so I remember being here in 2020 in Halifax. I was by a friend, just chilling. And Kale, I've known Kale for, Kale for years, right? Um, I would message Kale, be like, yo, bro, do you know anyone in the city that I can connect with musically, any artists, producers? Because as a producer, I need to connect with artists. Mm. Otherwise, my beats are just instrumentals. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I like to network. I'm a networker. Because in this life, you know, especially musically, you have to network, right? And he put me on to, he put me on to like, you know, he told me about Quake. I've never met Quake yet, but man, he's a damn good rapper. Mm. Um, I'm yet to meet him, but you know, he told me about Quake and then his aquaculture. And then culture is who introduced me virtually to Rennie. All right. And then I started messaging Rennie, sending him beats, you know, with the, the hopes of, you know, him catching a vibe on one of them. And I sent him, uh, I don't know if you heard, uh, back from Toronto. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sent him that beat, you know, like a year or so ago. And he sent me a demo and I was like, yo, that is when I literally got excited to work with Rennie. Because I'm a, honestly, I do all kinds of genres. I like to fuse genres together too. And as from the Caribbean, we are rhythmic people. Dancehall, reggae, soca music, you know, is in my blood. And Afro music, Afro music is like, I am not going to lie. That's my realm. <laughs> when it hits my soul, I just feel good. I get goosebumps. I want to move. I love to dance, right? Mm -hmm. So him being as an Afro artist on my production, I was so excited. I was like, yeah, this is a vibe, yo. And yeah, and then since then, I, I came here, I moved, I was in Dartmouth, I moved in February, mm. and every so often I would come to the city to like sessions by Kale, and that's where I met Young Stack, um, Hagat, uh, Clinton, which is Gatsby, Hagatsby, and Big Stack, and Basil, and they were all there at the session. And I came by Kale to introduce some beats for a potential collaboration with a project. No, they didn't know anything about the project. I just created it on the, literally in my mind. I'm like, I want to work with everyone. And I had ideas for beats. I did them really fast, presented them, and, and they all just jumped on, literally wow. like that. Yeah. Wow. So, well, I, I guess, as they say, the rest is history because you've just been dropping bangers and bangers and bangers <laughs> and bangers. I love loving you. Yes, I, that is the one that I shot that video. I came to, that's why I moved here. I came to, Halifax to shoot that video. Mm. It was with Rennie and a guy who's a really good friend of mine from my country. He's like my artist. We work really close together. And um, yeah, I came here to shoot that video. Yeah, no, it's a dope video also. So let's actually pause on the music and rewind just yeah, yeah. a little bit and talk about how you got into <clears throat> graphic design and videography and working at the uh, advertising yeah. place um, and starting your own creative company. Yeah, um, well, back home, I was always into, like, I, I love art, right? Mm -hmm. And growing up, drawing and everything was just, like, my thing. But I used to get really frustrated because I was never good at drawing out of my head. I could see what I want, but when I tried to pen it, pencil it, or whatever, it never came out how I wanted it. Mm. And I would get so frustrated and be like, man, no, man, like, you know. And then one day, a friend of mine introduced me to an old designing program called Paint Shop Pro. Okay. I'm like, Paint Shop Pro, what's this? And he showed me a little 
things of designing and I'm like, I instantly fell in love. I'm like, no, I need to learn this. And I learned the program and that's when I literally got into like graphic design. I've been doing graphic design in my country from the time I was 13 years old until, I mean, literally all now, still, still, I still do it. Mm. But back then I was real heavy into it. I would do a lot of free work so people can see what I'm about. Then I started charging really cheap. And then as the, you know, it became a certain way, prices, you know, stuff went up. <laughs> but um, I was really known and respected for my art because I was always one of those guys to, uh, you know, be outside the box, even with corporate work. You know, when they say in corporate design is everything must be sleek and this, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> for me, I was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's, you know, but why not introduce something new to the corporate world of design? Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And people loved it back home. Loved it. I branded a lot of um, companies, nightclubs, two nightclubs actually. And um, yeah, and then I started to get into, I was into photography too as well. But photography for me was not more of the focus on a camera. It was more on the focus of post-production. Oh, Capture my subject, then, sit in front of my computer and then create what I wanted uh, was to Was it create. Lightroom? No, I used to use photo, Photoshop. Oh, okay. Photoshop and um, Photoshop for my photos and Final Cut for video. Right. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I miss the, first, the original Final Cut. I think after I introduced Final <laughs> Cut X, I just moved to Adobe Premiere. That's what I... Code, I guess it, everyone has their own preference, to be honest. Like, Adobe Premiere is cool. It kind of reminds me of After Effects because I use After Effects too as well, like the, the, the platform and everything, mm -hmm. the GUI. Um, Final Cut to me is, I like Final Cut because it's very, it's very robust, but it looks light and simple. Like when mm. you open it, it's just there. But really and truly, when you get to, you know, learn it, it's very heavy. Yeah. Um, I like it a lot for placing footage together, cutting, whatever. And then I would just export into and you know do like motion graphics or whatever is needed mm. um, type of thing. Yeah, but I haven't done that in a while though, to be honest. Because I mean, you're too busy making all these beats. <laughs> As know? a creative, we always we should always be elevating. Right. You know, I always thought I was going to be a graphic artist for the rest of my life. Mm. I didn't. I didn't see myself as a producer. But to be fair, when I was younger, I was so heavy into music. I would cap about like tell a lot of lies as I'm a producer. I was like 16 years old telling my friend, yo, I produce this beat type of thing, but I never did. That's just how badly I wanted it. Mm. But I never knew how to like, you know? But I just always had that feeling in me and I would always create that vision of being a producer. I guess I was manifesting it from a while. Right. How do you know when the beat is done though? Like, okay, this beat is finished. Boom, I'm ready to send it to an artist. How it feels. How it feels. Yeah. It always comes back to the feeling and the vibes for yeah. you. Because I would I would produce a beat and you know the whole structure is done. Verse, chorus, whatever. It's done. But then I'll give it a break and then I go back to it again. And I listen to it mm. a good couple of times. I would hear something here that needs changing or add this thing here or whatever. Mm -hmm. But when I listen to it and it makes me get up out of my chair to dance or feel a vibe, mm -hmm. and I'm like, yeah, you know what? This is done. Mm-hmm. And then I send it to the artist. Okay. Um, so, I mean, what projects are you currently working on? Um, right now, I am in between two projects. One is my personal album that I'm releasing in Shahala, January. The one that has the first beat you ever made? Is that the one? Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. This, this album is more of a... 
I don't want to say it's directly hip hop, but it's like a hip hop fusion with, of dancehall and reggae and just creative sounds. What is it called? Uh, Big Man. Well, Big Man Le Boss. Le Boss. Oh! Yeah, 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 yeah. It's called, okay. called Big Man is a, is a phrase we use back home a lot. Like, you ever heard the phrase Big Man thing? There's a Big Man thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, I always wanted to be the Big Man. I'm the Big Man now. But, big, but it has a lot of, um, when people listen to it, you'll see. It's, okay. it's, I'm trying to have like a different perspective, double meaning type of thing. How many songs are going to be on the track? 22. What? <laughs> that's a lot. Wait, that's a lot. <clears throat> okay, this is how I see it. I'm new. No one really knows about me other than who I you know, connect with, right? Yeah. So why give them something less when I can give you more to digest? Wow. Because when you have 22 tracks, I'm guaranteed. I'm not, being, I'm not pulling my own horn or anything, but I'm telling you, these tracks are very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I want people to be able to digest them listen to them because you can vibe to them you can drive to them you can sit at home and study you can do whatever to them mm. it's that type of music right mm. um so yeah i just want to give people more okay and then what's the second project second project is with the guys from the city basically million vibes how many songs will be on that one i'm not sure as yet um but not as much i would oh, okay. say probably like the most is like 12 tracks okay yeah, yeah. does he have a title of yeah the... it's called sesh like a session? S-E-S-H. Yeah, yeah, sessions. Yeah, sesh. Oh, yeah. are you going to do like part two? Is it going to be a collection like sesh two, sesh three, or? If you use it, you have to say, I gave you that idea. But, um, you know, I, 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 I love, love, love chatting with you. And um, you are kind of manifesting this thing you've wanted to do at 16. And I want to let you go with this question, though. Someone is watching or listening to this episode and they're like, you know, there's something I want to do. I'm producing, can be whatever, running track, playing football, whatever. Um, and they want to use it as a source of inspiration. What, I guess, what, what advice would you give for someone that's like kind of living, you know, building this thing you built? Yeah, I would say, honestly, whatever you want to do in life, just do it. Do not procrastinate. Find whatever you have make do with it because in the end you eventually get what you need mm. never ever give up there'll be distractions there are people that will always try to project their fears on you mm. tell you oh you know why are you doing this is not no never listen to outside energy you can listen but just know that whatever you want follow your gut follow your heart and just keep going for it because i already did when you keep doing something what happens? You just keep getting better and better mm. and it will eventually grow everything in time, man. There's no... Enjoy the journey. There's no rush. Enjoy wow. it. Kuraku, oh, I like. That's not the last question. <laughs> so what anime do you like? Because you're, 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 you like... I'm always looking for a new anime to watch. Um, I'm just like you. I'm always looking for new stuff. Like, I grew up on the, the older stuff like manga. Mm. Ghost in the Shell, Ninja, you know, not Ninja Scrolls, that type of thing. But currently, I like... Honestly, I like all Studio Ghibli movies I've, i'm only I actually i've only been hooked on them recently because back then i never used to watch them mm. so but um and i like also like seven deadly sins like all animes are good to me man because they're very creative you know japanese is just like, they're on a different level mm. and i'm very highly influenced by japanese culture mm. i mean the, he's in the name kuraku <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming for the podcast please. thank you for having me again no.
loving you, loving you, loving you, loving you. That's all I wanna do. You make it easy. Nobody can do me quite like you do. I was made for you. You make it.